Jersey Club remix of Booed Up. Mm. It's nice. Um, I actually love Jersey Club mixes. Mm-hmm. Um, they make a lot of mixes to modern, like songs that are out now, and they make it have like a go go or house effect. I know you, how much you love your house music. I do, I do. Not my thing, but you know what? But you be liking the tunes I be I cranking. Do. I do. You do. I'm into you. I'm I know. Into heavy. Hey. Hey, boo. Hey, boo. <laughs> Welcome to this week's episode of Lady and the Stud. I am the lady. And I am the stud. And we're back. Um, Sorry we skipped on Wednesday. We did. You know, the, the lady didn't feel well um, emotionally, so I need to take some time off and rest. Mm-hmm. Um, but we are back, and we are closer and closer to Italy. Man, listen. We just secured. <laughs> when I tell you this itinerary is lit. Man, listen. We got a whole yacht experience where we on a yacht for like nine hours going around the island of Capri and on the Murphy Coast and we're doing a food tour. We working we're going on a tour with an archaeologist through Pompeii. Man, it's just gonna be a whole situation. Man. And I'm so excited. And we're going through a winery mm-hmm. for a wine tour, mm-hmm. wine tasting. You know, our off days, I'm gonna be tired, but we just... listen. <laughs> I'm just gonna lay out. And be black and golden. We just gonna go to the beach. I'm, I'm here for that. I'm gonna be bird fur. I'm gonna be chocolatey almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm gonna enjoy every single moment of that Italy experience. Sun, food, fun, shopping. <laughs> this is my first time in Italy. This is my wife's like third time. Yeah. Fourth time, fifth time, whatever in Italy. And I'm grateful for her experience because... I know when we go, things are going to come rushing back. Like, she's the guide. She doesn't realize that, but she is. And uh, I'm going to have all kinds of questions. I'm like a child on Christmas Day. Every time she takes me to a new country. But here's the thing. Even though it's my third time in Italy, I've been to different parts. of. Well, this will be my second time in the Naples region. Okay. But my first introduction to um, Italy was Milan. So I went to Milan first, sure. and I hated Milan. Sure, you're I really want to go to Rome on our day, our day off. Okay, I would love to go to Rome. Didn't you tell me it was a train ride? Yes, yeah, a train ride. A I really want to go. Yeah, it's like an hour and a half. Okay, I would love for us to go to Rome just so we can go see the Colosseum together. And, I'm here for it. You know, I ain't gonna tell you no. When in Rome, do what the Romans do. Exactly. I wonder if the Romans take time out to go see the Colosseum. Probably not. They, they, they probably. Don't, but they, I mean, no, no, they don't anymore, probably. I'm just saying, like, that's like attractions, like when we was living back home in the Midwest, mm-hmm. the 500 was like, people would come from all over the world to come watch. Those and it was literally right around the corner. Literally. I like, could hear the cars. We, you would get so shitty about those fucking cars in the morning, practicing the race Shoot. car drive. <laughs> I'd be like, God damn it. Do they sleep? You know what I'm saying? Like, it was, yeah, like, they probably don't go see the motherfuckers, but you know what? We going, and I'm taking pictures. Okay. See, when I was in Rome, I was only in Rome for like 15 hours. Mm-hmm. And it was after Naples. I was so tired. And so I only saw Rome on in passing. Not Rome, but I only saw the Colosseum in passing. You couldn't really enjoy it. Right. So my driver pulled over and was like, okay, let's take some pictures in front of it. So I took a few pictures. 
But he was like, the line to get in to see it is so long sometimes. Yeah, you couldn't fully Yeah, and it. I was like, I want to go inside of the Coliseum and climb the stairs. Because mm-hmm. I see so much beauty in, in the Coliseum because it signifies ruin and transformation, mm-hmm. you know, and, and still something beautiful coming out of ruin. Absolutely. And so I would love to go around with you if we can squeeze it in for a day. I'm just I'm here in. for it. I'm here for it. My Our wife t- has uh, climbed a, a pyramid. <laughs> Or two. I have climbed a pyramid. She's been to Morocco. I have been to Morocco. I, cl- I rode a camel mm-hmm. in Morocco through the desert. I saw the video and it was absolutely hilarious. I partied in Brazil for Rio de Janeiro Carnival. Mm-hmm. Hit, hit them with something else. Uh, let's see. I've been to Poland. Okay. <laughs> I've drove driven on the Autobahn in Germany through Didn't Czech go- Republic. I was going to say, you went to Czech Republic. Yes. Um, I've been to Paris. Yes, you have. I have seen the Eiffel Tower. I still don't like Parisians, but we're going to go because I know you want to kiss under the Eiffel Tower. I and do. All that romantic shit. All that shit. They have like, don't they have a wall where you put your lock on it? Well, they they took it down because the bridge started collapsing. Damn. And so they took all the locks down. They cut, cut them all off. Oh, man. It was decaying and it was like, I forgot how much the locks weighed, but the bridge was collapsing. Okay. And it was like, listen, if your love ain't locked in <laughs> at this point. Oh, man. I then I don't know. That with you, but that's all right. We can, they started it over, but it's not all the locks anymore. That's so cool. it's, I love it's the solid. As a rock girl. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been all. I've been to Colombia. I've been to Costa Rica twice. I've been to Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. I've been around your girl. Been around. I know, but but in a good way though. Not in the whole way. way. Not the whole way. I done got the first time I got high was in Amsterdam. And I can't wait till we go to Amsterdam. The first time I smoked the devil's lettuce, <laughs> I was in Amsterdam with a uh, a random group of people. We met each other on the tram. Um, I was there for like 25 hours or some shit. I, I used to get crazy layovers in different countries mm-hmm. so that I could see it. Like, like this, this one? Like Ireland. We're right. going to be in Ireland for 25 hours. And I'm hours. going to give me some Irish motherfucking beer <laughs> and eat me some fish and chips and do what the Irelands do. The Irelands? The Irelands. We'll be in Dublin. We'll do what the Dublins do. I don't care. I'm just... <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy the experience as much as I can to the ultimate fullest without other people's issues disrupting my fun okay you know what i'm saying like i know that you've been to costa rica twice Mm -hmm. and how many times you been to colombia just once just that one time we went yeah i sent so i sent a group before but i had um my the person who worked under me go Mm -hmm. i'm a representative of me um so i never went like i sent a group to india i didn't go Mm -hmm. i didn't go to kenya i can't fuck with india I really want to go see the Taj Mahal. It's one of the most beautiful. Love I would stories. love to go see it, but I can't fuck with the food. I can't either. I'm just eat rice. Yeah, I can't eat the curry. I'm just my, eat the Listen, rice, if yeah. you want to see a grown woman shit on themselves, that's <laughs> g- give me some curry. It's gonna fuck me up. Okay, I can't even stand the smell of it. And no shade to Indians. Yeah, it's not. Or Eastern Indians. Yeah. I, I no shade to them. That's y'all shit. And I I love y'all, man. Y'all some beautiful people. Your culture. I can't fuck with that curry though. Yeah, I can't either. And so. I figure whenever I get to India, I'm going to just be on a strictly rice diet. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I'm really sensitive to their food. Mm-hmm. Um, it usually makes my stomach hurt really bad. Gotcha. And so I didn't go to India simply because I think this is right around the time I started getting sick. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my immune system ain't set up for India. Like, right. you got to get shots and shit for certain places. And my immune system was so trash. Like, I might not make it off the plane. I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, but I didn't get to go to Kenya either because that was right around the same time. Mm-hmm. So I had to miss out on India and Kenya. And I was so heartbroken. I think you remember the safari. I do. 
Safari broke my heart that yeah. I, I didn't get you to You showed go. me videos that they took. I was so sick. They was looking at the Literally. giraffe. And our, our people being who they are. What did one of them say? Like, that's a long ass. You can wear, wear a big ass chain. <laughs> you was like, just our people. Only our people would say some <laughs> shit like that. But you are going to Morocco in September. I'll be going back to Morocco. Morocco is my happy place. I know. I, I, I can't go because um, the way my PTO is set up, I've used it all. And uh, and you're doing your real estate class. I'm doing real estate class in August. Yeah. And then t- to turn around and go to Morocco in September. It's just seven days. Yeah, but I mean, with the job, yeah, it's not optional. So I mean, maybe sometime come through where you could. Maybe you'll get enough PTO saved up by then. Maybe I don't know. I hope so because I would love to be able to go. I rented out a dope ass like mansion. We got a cook. We have. I know. You showed it to me. It's man. it's everything, and so. We said this episode was going to be like the travel edition. A little bit. A little bit. Yeah, we was having some good conversation prior to. Like, we yeah. was talking about some pretty intense shit. Uh, In-depth shit. Yeah. We can mix and match it. Yeah, like, we've had open conversations. My wife, the one thing I love about my wife is that um, I have some amazing conversations with her about spirituality, uh, spirits, demons, people, trans you know, like, what do you call it, transitioning, mm-hmm. transitioning over, um, just light work, mm-hmm. uh, the difference between light work and dark, like, she's taught me so much mm-hmm. about how to protect myself from different spirits or different demons that people have on them, how to recognize those demons, mm-hmm. how to recognize bad energy mm-hmm. when it's around you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm at a point now where I think at one point in my life, when I was much younger, and I was naive, and I didn't know what it was, I would feel sorry for certain people in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I didn't even recognize that their energy was bad. Like, it might have been something that they caused themselves. Yeah. And now, that I'm a little bit older, mm-hmm. and a whole lot wiser, and my wife has taught me certain things, like, man, she's she's put some shit on me, man, heavy. Like, when I see it, I do not fuck with it. Yeah. I do not. And if it means I have to, like, I'm not afraid to face it. But my wife is just like, get away from it. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. if you, when you see it, just leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Just, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, don't try to fix it mm-hmm. because you can't. You can't. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, quicksand. You know, some people... You know, you can go in there and jump and try to save somebody in quicksand. The only thing that's going to happen is going to be two of y'all. Stuff. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Um, some people, the way to get out of quicksand, you got to save yourself. Nobody else can really do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they cause more issues. And so um, I've learned, you know, in the line of work that I do, you know, the spiritual practice that I do, I do a lot of work with um, trauma, mm-hmm. a lot of healing work. I do a lot of light work with people. I do more than just tarot. Um, I work with the dead, you know, I have no shame in it. Um, you learn that you, you recognize the difference between a spirit and a demon. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not synonymous. They are not one and the same. Um, everyone who transitions is not a, a spirit or a demon. Yeah, or a ghost. Or a ghost, you know, it, that's that's Hollywood shit that, you know, that's, that's folklore that has scared you in that way. Um, People who transition, they just go back to the spirit space. You know, they were a spirit having a human experience, mm-hmm. and they just return back to the spirit. Right. Um, whereas a demon never lived, and yeah. so that's why demons possess people. Mm-hmm. Um, because, so they can have the so they can have a spirit they never could have, and that's why they take over. But spirits, you know, who were amongst the living, right? 
they 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 don't have no desire to come back to this you know what where where they are at in my experience the ones that i've worked with um they have so much peace even if they're frustrated what they have on that other side is so much better than what they had over here mm-hmm. that is more so like they just waiting for y'all to come over at right. this point like listen fuck all that over there okay mm-hmm. <laughs> it's much better on this side if anything it's almost like they're warning you against certain things yeah they're asking that you recognize certain mm-hmm. things that are happening to protect yourself yeah um or they're there to answer questions yeah they're there to answer questions to things yeah. that you know you didn't understand or if you're wondering if they're okay they're letting you know that they're okay mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying something mm-hmm. but it gives you the opportunity to i know it sounds crazy and it might even sound weird to still talk to them because um you're only that that spirit is only able to tell you things that only you two would know right like case in point not putting you know client information i'll, I'll share how i can tell how that happened okay so I don't know my clients before they book a reading. Right. You know, um, it, even if they're a regular client, I don't know what they're going to present me with that day. It's like literally a box of chocolates. I don't know <laughs> what they're bringing to me. Okay, for And um, I have a client who's a regular, and she booked a an ancestral reading with me. Now, ancestral reading is when I work with the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, they're seeking out answers from that person. Sometimes they're seeking out closure. Um, sometimes they want guidance or advice on what they need to do with their life or if they're proud of them, mm-hmm. things like that. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, she came to me and she said, you know, I'm just an open book. She's like, I trust you. Whoever comes through, comes through. I just need to know whatever it is they want me to do. Mm-hmm. And um, as I started doing her reading, three women popped up. Three women popped up. And the way our, our table is set up in our home, we have four chairs. So I sit at the head. Um, especially when I do readings, I sit at the head mm-hmm. um, because that's my positioning. That's my authority. I take over myself spiritually so that if a spirit does come, they recognize I'm not scared of them. Right. You know, I I, I know you're coming. Mm-hmm. And so three women popped up and they all sat at the table, but they didn't sit at the other seats. They sat together. Mm-hmm. They were kind of like attached to okay. one another. Okay. And um, Two, all three of them had knives, but two of them were really good with knives. Mm-hmm. Like they kept twirling. Like I don't even know the word to say when they twirl it and they twist it to show you their their artistry. Okay. With their knife, that's what they were showing me. Their artistry, mm-hmm. I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I told the girl, I said, you know, it's three women. I want to say they're sisters. They're so close. They're like sisters, but they all have knives and I don't know if they're trying to intimidate me mm-hmm. or they're trying to scare me. <laughs> right. But I said, I ain't never had nothing show up in front of me with knives. Right. And um, I said something about, you know, they are, they, I said, you know, was one of them a fisherman? Like, did she fish? I said, who do you have in your family mm-hmm. um, that work with fish? Right. And she says, you know, I don't know. Like, she didn't know who this was. Mm-hmm. Come to find out it was her father's mother and her two sisters. Mm. Um, and she sent me a message afterward. Um, and I said, the funny thing is that they're very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, vivacious. They were not quiet, subtle, submissive <laughs> spirits. Right. Um, they were kind of like, you called? Oh. They oh. were very, very in my oh, face. wow. What does she want? Wow. Here's what she needs to do. Mm-hmm. I don't like her mama-in-law. Mm. I'm going to fuck her up if she keeps messing with her. Oh. These are things they were, like, it was, and they were from the islands. They okay. were from Antigua. Okay. 
And so they were very direct, very direct. And she started laughing. She said, that's the women in my family. And I said, on top of that, they knew how to, um, I said, the women are saying that you have a natural gift with herbs. Like, you know how to hurt people in a very natural way. Mm. And I said, that comes from your lineage. Like they, they, they're kitchen women. Mm -hmm. So they know how, what herb mixed with this and this and this can cause this effect on the body. Right. And she started laughing. I said, what are you laughing for? She just says, you know, I'm looking at my seasonings that I'm growing and my herbs. Mm. And I said, your husband has a healthy fear of you. <laughs> and she started laughing. I said, no. I said, he, he's scared of you because he it's something about your food. And she said, that's how I got him. Mm. And I said, it's your food that's scared because he, he knows you're different, but he don't know what the fuck is different. <laughs> but he's scared of you. You're right. But it's a respect. And so she messaged me after the reading, and I guess she talked to her father. And it was her father who said, that was my mother and her two sisters. Mm. And my mother, she, I guess um, the two sisters sold fish, and all three of them were fisherwomen. They were wow. known for that. Wow. And I, I wouldn't have known that. Right. You know, and so they come in very different forms, you know. Um, and they say what they have to say, and then they leave, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and they go about their day <laughs> or their life. And, and that's it, you know. But people have such a fear because of movies, yeah. Um, because of ghost stories, you yeah. know. They think, you know, if you talk to, you know, there's spirits. You know, nothing ever dies scientifically, right? You know, we it's just all transition. Energy. It's all energy, and and so you just speak to them. You may not be able to hear them, but they're always going to give you a sign mm -hmm. that they are listening. You know, it's just are you aware to see the sign, right? And some some of us are a little more sensitive to feeling mm -hmm. and hearing. I'm not always spiritually aware. I was just telling my wife how I had something attached to me for 16 years mm -hmm. that caused me to do stupid things, make stupid decisions, um, choose the wrong person over and over and over again, and it was horrible. It was fucking horrible. And mm -hmm. the thing about it was is that I knew it was bad. Um, but I didn't know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. I knew it was bad. I knew what the right things to do, but I felt so, I was so weighted down with guilt. Mm -hmm. Even when it was best for me and my daughters mm -hmm. that I stayed in that. Mm -hmm. And that was, I mean, I have to, like I told my wife, you know, I'll take credit where credit is due. Or I'm, res I'm responsible for the mistakes that I make. Mm -hmm. So I can't blame anyone else for making that mistake. Right. Right. But at the same time, any person with common sense would have re would have recognized what was happening to them mm -hmm. and they would have ran the other direction well the thing about demons because I don't want to say spirits because mm -hmm. um, that's disrespectful um, the thing about demons is that they're parasitic right um, they find a host and they feed off mm -hmm. of it. feed off your fear they feed off your fear they your feed weakness. off your weakness mm -hmm. um, and so it's not like you know, demons are strong. You yeah. know, spirits spirits have strength, but they're nowhere near as strong as demons because demons have been around forever. Right. You know, you could be dealing with a 700-year-old demon. You mm. think your muscle strong no. enough to go toe-to-toe <laughs> -to -toe with that muscle? No. Nah. Um, and so they know your weakness better than you know your strength. Mm -hmm. So I want you to figure, like, put that in. Say it for me one more time. Demons know your weakness, weakness better, better than, than you know your, your own strength. strength. Ooh, that was powerful. And so, when you come encounter with one, you have to really be, like, outsmart them. And if you don't delve into the spiritual world, you don't know how to fight it. Right. You know, so, you have to forgive yourself, because that's still a part of it. Right. 
of the guilt and the condemnation that you feel mm -hmm. um, is that you know you didn't recognize what you were dealing with. You I did didn't not. recognize what energy was around you. I didn't always realize what was happening to me. Like I, I questioned it. I questioned it a lot. Mm -hmm. But somehow the excuses and the lies all made sense. Mm -hmm. Or they were believable mm -hmm. at the time, even though in my like in the forefront, like in the forefront of my mind, I knew that shit just don't sound right. Right. But that that motherfucker was so convincing. Now I know you guys who have listened to our episodes are like, wait, one minute you're saying that they were a narcissist, now we're saying they're a demon. I'm not saying that the person that they were dealing with was a demon. No. What we're saying is that there was something attached to the stud that took away, you know self-value or self-worth something that made her accept something that everybody else around her saw yeah and told me was yeah. bad for me and people would question me and ask me why didn't you leave at this particular mm -hmm. time you know you have openly verbalized and acknowledged what was what was done was wrong and yet you can see like that doesn't make sense mm -hmm. you know and so it's like what I, in you was telling you that you deserved it or that it was worth it, or it was something in you that... It was an obligation mm -hmm. that I was guilted into feeling like, you know, I had to do it. Mm -hmm. um, none of it was for my benefit. So why do you feel that was like a demon attached to you? Then? Because it was like all of my good sense had completely disappeared. Mm -hmm. All of it. Like, the same advice I would have given to someone else. Mm-hmm about that same situation, mm -hmm. I absolutely positively did not take myself. I did not take that same advice and use it mm -hmm. to run for my fucking life. Mm -hmm. um, and even though it's been, thank you Lord, what, seven years? Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, has it? Yeah, it's been seven years. Nonetheless, the, the, the repercussions, mm -hmm of the damage that was done in that 16 years still linger. Mm -hmm. it's, it's still there in some ways. Mm -hmm. Especially with my children. I wish I would have been as woke as I am now or aware as I am now. Mm -hmm. Because not everybody's wrong. Mm -hmm. You know, the people around you that love you are telling you what they see. What they literally see happening in your life. And my excuse was, oh, they don't want to see me happy. Mm -hmm. You know, they they want me to be who they want me to be. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When that wasn't the case at all. That's That wasn't the case at all. And I never had any of those people, no, none of those people really just sat down and talked to me and told me, you know, hey, it's not that at all. Mm -hmm. Like, even if I would have said, why don't you want to see me happy? Nobody took the time to really sit down and tell. They just kept telling me the bad. Mm -hmm. Nobody took the time to talk to me about what good it would have done me and my children had I removed that self, myself from that situation. So you think it was a, a demon that did that with you? Or do you think it was I think just... it was something horrible attached to me that mm -hmm. caused me to live that out for 16 years. That's what mm -hmm. I think. I think it was something, it was... I think it was unhealed trauma that met a narcissist who fed off of it. I don't think it was so much a demon attached to you. Mm -hmm. Um... I think it was, like I said, you had unhealed trauma from child, like younger years. Mm -hmm. 
um, and that unhealed trauma because that person was a narcissist um, and especially knew that they, they had the power to overrule you, basically. Right. They saw that trauma and they, 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 do, they did what predators do. They prayed. Yeah. Um, and they knew how to keep you in that, that abuse cycle, basically. Yeah. Um, but that's why I think from just from what you told me and from the outside looking in, um, you definitely had a lot of unhealed trauma. Um, that went unaddressed, and, yeah. and somebody just saw it and was like, Bingo. "This is my chance. This yeah. is my chance to get over." Yeah, it was like Target got her. Like, what kind of fucked up person though? A narcissist, yes. Yeah. But what kind of fucked up human mm-hmm. being does that? You know what I'm saying? A narcissist doesn't have compassion, nor do they have a um, conscience, a moral compass. Yeah, they don't have like a narcissist's whole thing is to take over you know they don't care they don't have a guilty feeling there's no guilt there's no admission of guilt there's no apology that's heartfelt they know how to go through the motions to make you think they're apologizing right when really that's still a part of the con mm. the apology is a part of the con right so they can tell you i'm sorry a million times and they throw the theatrics and they cry and everybody i'm such a good person and da, 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 da. but the behavior never matches the words mm-hmm. the the change behavior um, or even the remorse. Like, you can tell when someone's really apologetic because there's a sense of remorse that they carry that you feel. Right. When they interact with you. Say that again. There's a sense of remorse that, that they, they carry that you can feel okay. as the person they offended. Right. You know, where you can tell they're still a little uncomfortable with you. They still walk on eggshells because they know they did something that mm-hmm. really hurt you. But when you, when that person can walk with their head up, like I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Even after they admitted, even if they were forced to say I'm sorry, and they know they were caught, that lack of a moral compass is where you have narcissistic abuse. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost makes them like, like a sociopath to some degree because a sociopath lacks um, empathy. Yeah, you know they have horrible social building skills. You know um, <laughs> they destroy social relationships right. because of the manipulation, because of the lies, mm-hmm. because of the narcissism. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you deal with someone like that who has, there's never a moment where they just sit down and say, you know what? I was really fucked up. Yeah. You know, I can't change what I did. I'm not trying to tell you to take me back. It's no con in this. Yeah. But for, I, I want you to know that I see what I did. I know what I did. And I, I apologize. It was really, I was fucked up. Right. For whatever reason. But when you never get that, there's no. Never got it. And the fact that they go on about their life like I ain't did nothing. But here's the thing. Even if I got it, it could be tomorrow. Yeah. I still wouldn't believe it. Yeah. The damage is done. (laughs) The damage is done. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck out of here with that shit. Like, I couldn't even, I couldn't even be in the same room with that person. Yeah. I couldn't be in a stadium knowingly, nigga, with that, with that spirit, with that. I could not, you know, like I'm, I, I'm good. I'm good. Over a thousand miles away. Over a thousand miles away. Do you think you would still benefit from counseling? Probably, yes. I feel that I would. Mm -hmm. I feel that I would. And I think that it's unfortunate that in our culture, so we have been brainwashed into believing to, um, that we can just pray it away. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's not that simple. Mm -hmm. It's not. Um, I believe in the power of prayer. I'm not, no shade to prayer. I believe in the power of prayer. I believe that it works. But I also believe in the power of counseling. I also believe in being able to sit in a room 
with a licensed professional mm -hmm. who can give you a biased opinion. Unbiased. Unbiased, sorry, <laughs> an unbiased opinion. And help you better understand and recognize what it is you've gone through, what you're going through, mm -hmm. and how to heal from that. Mm -hmm. You know, or, or how to begin to heal from it. Mm -hmm. Or to take steps toward becoming better. Right. Mentally and emotionally. And there's no shame in that. Right. Not for me. Um, I thank God not for my wife. I'm right. grateful for that because both of us have had to go through a certain amount of counseling. Yeah. You know, with, with our own individual trauma that we've been through. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I just, I just hate that culturally we're like, oh, that's for crazy people. Oh, that's for white people. Oh, I ain't doing that shit. Oh, you know, I don't need that shit. You know, all I, I can work it away. Nah. I can hustle it away. I can, I, can, I can work out at the gym and work it out and work it away. You know what I'm saying? I can fuck it away. Ain't Money. that what Solange said? Yeah. She said, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I can spin it away. You can't. Trauma is like the Chucky doll. You remember in the Chucky movies? How Chucky would be like, I'm your friend to the end. I hate that motherfucker. Ah, he would do that for you. <laughs> but he would pop up on him. Yeah. That, to me, is my representation of trauma. Like, if you think you can just ignore it. When you get home and I put your purse down, you done had your weed, you done drank, you done party, you done fucked, you done did whatever you need to do. And you go to bed at night, there goes that Chucky down. <laughs> I'm your friend to the end. Well, sometimes <laughs> Until you it, work through it. It comes out in certain situations. Yes. Like you think you good, right? Yeah. And you then got something triggers you. You got your shit out you got your shit under control. Yeah. You got a good job. Yeah. You got a good relationship. I'm doing my fingers like with a little yeah, uh, the ears. Yeah, yeah. You got a good relationship. You go to church. Mm -hmm. You pay your tithes and offerings. You get your car washed every yeah. payday, nigga. You know what I'm saying? You got your money and your checking in and your savings, even though the way your savings is set up, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying, between you. You got your shit in order. Ducks are in a row. And then something triggers that. And, and, and then it, you're not even expecting it, yo. Yeah. You want to hear something weird? Sure. So I had a reading with a, a lady today, and... um. She was asking me, you know, I'm just trying to figure out why my anxiety is going up about this move. Like, nothing's wrong with me moving. Like, I've moved before, and, you know, it's a good job. It's a better home I'm moving into. Like, why is my anxiety so bad? So I'm doing her tarot, and I'm just like, you know, your anxiety is connected to a trauma. I was like, at, at some point in your formative years, that transitional phase is where trauma entered for you, where you felt um, rejected. And she didn't get it at first. At first, it took her a minute, and she was like, in middle school... My parents switched me from schools, and in the neighbor, I didn't have none of my neighborhood friends in school. Mm -hmm. I was rejected. Nobody liked me. Mm -hmm. And she said, "I remember it was the worst feeling ever." Right. And I said, "So that trauma, because you never dealt with it, because you said, oh, that was just middle school.' Right. But that feeling of isolation as a kid is traumatic. Yeah. When you know that's all, that's your whole world. You ain't got no work. Yeah. You know your friends ain't there. Then your friends in the neighborhood don't really fuck with you no more because you at school eight hours a day. They don't see you. Right. You know so. And I was like, you know, so that in-between phase, anytime you have to go through a transition, it brings your anxiety up because it, you revert back to middle school you. Yeah. And you start thinking, am I going to fit in? Mm -hmm. Are people going to like me? Mm -hmm. What about the people I knew from my former job? Mm -hmm. They're not going to like me no more? Mm -hmm. And she was like, I hate transitions. Yeah. She was like, they scare me. She was like, I, I hate them. I hate changing jobs. I mm -hmm. hate doing this. Mm -hmm. And she was like, you're right. And she, I was like, you're going to have to reconcile with that and say you're going to have to work through that because all that is is 
your trick that that anxiety is just a res- a trigger response to a fear of a child. Yeah. So you got to go back to that child and work through it. And when you feel the anxiety come up, you're gonna have to ground yourself by saying, "People, I make friends everywhere. Yeah. I, I have friends at my old job. I have friends at the job before that. Mm-hmm. This isn't middle school. Yeah. I'm a grown woman. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I understand where that comes from, but this isn't that. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to be social and everything." But that's, like you said, that's how trauma comes. Trauma, like, she wasn't looking for it. No. She moving on to a better house. Yeah. She got a better job. Yeah. But it's not even her moving that scares her. It's the idea of the in-between. That's it. That fucked with And she was like, I'm having horrible anxiety. I have yeah. no idea why. And yeah. it was from a childhood trauma in her form, in, like, sixth grade. Mm-hmm. That totally fucked her up. Mm-hmm. All that rejection. And so it made her an adult who, that in-between phase is like, what if my neighbors don't like me? Right. You know, here comes the anxiety attack. Yeah. You know, like um, sometimes your trauma or healing from your trauma means facing Mm -hmm. literally sometimes coming face to face with the person who caused you that trauma. Very more often than not. It it could be a family member Mm -hmm. who molested you. Yeah. It could be a family member who beat you. Yeah. It could be a family member who stole from you. It could be a family member who lied on you so badly that it changed the direction in the course of your life and you realize it now and it comes your your anxiety about that comes out or is triggered anytime you have to deal with somebody like or come close to a situation that might resist yeah, yeah, like you yeah. you typically run the other way yeah because you can't face it fight or flight yeah yeah like you can't deal with the shit but counseling though mm-hmm. it gives you the tools it does and and then with the tools once you once you've dealt with it once you've used those tools to deal with it you get a piece yeah there's a piece because well not so much i won't say that part i say if you use the tools that's what i'm saying yeah if you, that's if, what I'm saying. Yeah. if you use the tools yeah. that you're given or taught to yeah. use in counseling you gain you gain a certain amount of peace yeah because you win. Yeah. You get your life back. Mm-hmm. You get your family back. You get your friends back. Yeah. And they start to see the person that they that they love and that they fell in love with. And then they start to trust that person. And then yeah. the care comes back. And then you can go on with your life. Mm-hmm. But if you've isolated yourself mm-hmm. and you cut off relationships and you burn bridges and you sabotage perfectly good relationships with people who have loved you your whole fucking life. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden everybody's against you. Mm-hmm. Check your spirit. Mm-hmm. Check yourself. Is it that everybody's against you, or is it that you don't like what they're they're saying is representing you? Right. You know, because if you're the common denominator in mm-hmm. every ruined relationship, come the on. problem is come you. Come on, come on. The problem is it's not lying in other people. It's not. If you're that common denominator, that's how I used to tell my little cousin, like, if you meet a girl and every man she ever been with was shit, no, she ain't shit. Yeah, yeah. She's the common denominator. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong here. Yeah. So you should proceed with caution because in a minute you'll be the person who ain't shit. Come on. They'll be talking bad about you. Yeah. So Even while like, they're in a relationship with you to keep other people from seeing mm-hmm. the good in you. Mm-hmm. It, I'm, I'm living proof. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 living proof of that shit right there, and it's sad. Yeah, it's it's so sad. Like, but you know what? People around you see it, and it's not that they don't want you to be happy. Yeah, 
They just want you to see what they see so you can get away from it. Yeah. And I was in my 20s, man. We're young and dumb in our 20s. Man, we do so much stupid my shit. My 20s, I fucked up so good. I could, I should have got an award for that shit. It's your time to fuck up. But when it carries over into your 30s. Yeah. And you still fucking with it, like, at, at the beginning of your 40s, bro? Because at that point, what it is, you're in a habit now. You're in a cycle of comfort. It ended, so even right? though it was a, it was a, no, it was a, un, it was a known uncomfort, right. discomfort. But, I mean, I, I, it ended right at my, at, at 39. Uh-huh. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't enter my 40s in that relationship. Good. And I was so grateful for and that. And that's a very pivotal point. Absolutely. Yeah. I was so grateful for that. So grateful for that. Um. That it ended, mm-hmm. and I ended it. Mm-hmm. I was able to walk away from it, mm-hmm. um, regardless of how I did it. I, mm-hmm. I had my reasons for how I did it. I understand. Yeah, I had to because I would have been in prison. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean the county lockup either. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would have went straight to get jail. Do not pass gold. Do not collect $200. They would have put me under that motherfucker for the damage that I was going to do. And you know what? You've made progress because we've talked about this like a while. Like before the podcast, we've talked about our past situations, you know, our past partners, whatever abuse we occurred yeah. in that relationship. And prior, my wife wasn't really, like, she didn't feel she needed to go to counseling, I don't think. I don't yeah. think, yeah, at first my wife didn't see it. I was just working my yeah. shit out. And I was, when I say working, literally going to work. Yeah, and she really felt like I left the situation, so it's done. Mm-hmm. And I would be in the background like, mm. like uh i know you love me i know you're okay you know we're in a good relationship right but there are still some things because of the damage that was done it was so extensive it was it was it was coming into our relationship yeah like my behavior yeah from that previous relationship and what it was it was driven by my anxiety yeah it wasn't my wife doing anything Mm -hmm. like she was just being herself her loving wonderful cool funny ass self but i wasn't Mm -hmm. i was acting out of the anxiety from the trauma that i experienced in that past relationship you have ptsd emotionally big time big and you know what it's crazy because like i was like there's no way like is that even a real thing you was like hell motherfucking yeah that's a real thing she was so (laughs) resisting you guys first she was just like i don't need counseling about that i'm over it I'm, I don't care if I don't see that motherfucker another day in my life. I say, you see right there? <laughs> you see that amount of anger and that amount of hate? We right. got to work that kink out. Right. And now seven years, you're, you're at a point where you're like, yeah, I would benefit from counseling. Because even even holding the hate for that person. It's still trauma. It's still trauma. Mm-hmm. And it needs, like, at this, I don't think two squats anymore about person B. Right. I just label them that. Okay. Um, I went through some counseling. I've journaled. I went through spiritual counseling. Um, where now, I, and, and at first, in the beginning of our relationship, it did affect it. Like, um, my clinginess, mm-hmm. um, my, my lack of trust, but my lack of trust still stems from childhood stuff still right, too like right. it's just it's a thing of safety mm-hmm. more so for me not you've grown a lot too thank you you've changed so much like thank i you. i finally feel like you trust me i do and i felt that way for a long time now like I, there was a time where this nigga didn't trust me as far I as she could throw me i didn't trust a shadow nigga okay <laughs> I was, and you know where that comes from you know my lack of trust it was more than just relationship and my wife didn't get it until she saw it it stemmed from my mom a lot, mm-hmm, you know, and mm-hmm. I didn't feel like anybody 
was there for me and, and, and she didn't get it until she was like you and your mom don't say y'all love each other which is some weird shit to and me. i'm like my mom ain't never told me she loved me my mom ain't never gave me a kiss my mom ain't never gave me a hug nobody in my family ever did in my i childhood. had never heard of that shit before and so imagine so i gave myself the nickname a couple weeks ago i said i'm the rose that grew from concrete okay nigga. like <laughs> i'm delicate like okay. a motherfucker now. <laughs> but it i went through counseling you know I, I do a counseling app on my phone i pay 40 dollars damn a month for it um, but it works. I work through things where I don't have to keep punishing my wife for something she didn't do. Right on. Um, my wife didn't abandon me emotionally. My parents did. Right. My wife not at fault at that for that. But what I ask her to do, and what she does, what you have really improved on, is I told her what I needed from her was communication. Mm-hmm. I tell her, listen, I'm good as long as you communicate. Yeah. If you tell me what's going on or what you're feeling, you don't do that shut out, shut down shit. Which I used to do bad. If you shut down, you want to see Hurricane <laughs> me come through. Don't talk to me. Don't okay. don't communicate I used with to do me. That. But that was my way of dealing with my anger. Yeah. Because I felt like if I said nothing, I was in control of my anger. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that by saying nothing and shutting down or, or walking out and leaving, because that's what I was doing, trying to control my anger so I wouldn't take it out on you, mm-hmm. about being accused of doing something that, were, first and foremost, I wasn't doing, mm-hmm. or having to pay for something that I never did to you in the first place, mm-hmm. that I was, you know, I was protecting you, but I was protecting our relationship, too. Right. What I didn't realize was, was that I wasn't. I was triggering your trauma. Which caused even more distrust. I would have entire meltdowns. Like, a big thing for me in my childhood and growing up was abandonment. Um, Mm -hmm. I had really bad abandonment issues. And um, it stemmed from a mother who was emotionally vacant and a drug addict father. And you don't realize how much that shit fucks with you until you're like 30. Right. Like, you go, it's it's normal as a kid, you know, because it's it's your life. Mm -hmm. You don't know anything different. And then in your 20s, you know, you're so stupid. You don't really pay attention to shit. <laughs> right, right. And then at your 30s, you kind of like, hmm, I'm suspicious of every fucking body. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Something's not right about Something's that. Something's not normal. So unhealthy. It was. I mean, I, I, I would literally see all kind of situations. I would always need her to tell me she wasn't leaving me. I would need her to tell me she loved me all the time. You know, I would look through her phone and I would just create these situations where in my mind, she was always planning to leave me because everyone, including my parents, left me. And I think you asked me that after a big fight, too. We were in Chicago. Mm-hmm. We had a huge fight. Mm-hmm. It was bad. I remember. And you said surprised next- security didn't come. Okay. Because we were so loud. Yeah. And you sat down next to me and said, you're going to leave me, aren't you? And I was like, no. I'm not. You're like, yes, you are. You're going to leave? I'm like, no, baby, I'm not. I'm not going to leave. I'm not real happy right now, but I'm not going to leave. I'm not. And I told you that I loved you then, even after our huge fight. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, my daughter goes through that abandonment shit, Mm -hmm. and I've never left her. Mm -hmm. Like, I've never never abandoned her. Mm -hmm. But maybe to her, I did. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because she saw how committed I was in this relationship, Mm -hmm. and she felt like, I should have been committed to her like that mm-hmm. or to her and her sister like that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying to you? Mm-hmm. And um, because they came from me mm-hmm. and I had not necessarily just met this person. Cause when I met her, my twins were like one and a half years old. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she was all that they knew, but I should have known something was wrong when even when they were little, she would do things like lie on my daughter. Mm. 
when they were chill, like toddlers. Mm. She would lie on her. Yeah, that was a big red flag. Yeah. Like, who lies on a toddler? That would be like me lying on my little nugget. That's my nigga yeah, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my little, little nugget. nugget. Yeah, like, fucked up shit like that. Because she, she saw how much I love my children. Mm-hmm. And how committed I was to my children and my family and, and protecting and providing for my girls. Mm-hmm. And she became jealous of that. Mm-hmm. Instead of embrace, like, in a normal, healthy mind, mm-hmm. you, you see those qualities as redeeming. Those are good things. Like, man, she loves her children. She mm-hmm. loves her family. She's a good family person. She's a good provider. This person could be good for me and my children. We could just become one. Yeah. But that's not what she saw. She, she became jealous. Yeah. And she twisted it and turned it. You see what I'm saying to you? And you know where that comes from? And this is without no. I've, I've never met the Stez ex at all. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Um, that type of emotional response to a child is more than likely because that jealousy in her stemmed from her own um, jealousy as a child. Mm. Because she didn't have that. Mm-hmm. So it went to her trauma of, well, let me ruin it mm-hmm. because I don't have that. Right. So what makes them so special? Right. Which is what her mother did mm-hmm. with us mm-hmm. because she didn't have the solidarity supposedly that we had. Mm-hmm. So she did everything she possibly could to plant seeds of hate in her children. Mm-hmm. So her children could hate me. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying to you? Yeah. And then that ruins anything, anything mm-hmm. good that you're trying to build. Yeah. That'd be like, you know, when we do get pregnant, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Prayfully next year. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Bow. Uh, sorry. Shoot up the whole thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, when we get, if your mom plants seeds of hate in our child because I'm not the baby's biological parent. Yeah. You see what I'm saying to yeah, you? Yeah. Because we, we are building something solid on solid ground. We dated. We did. We moved in. We moved in. We got engaged. We got engaged, and then we got married. I put a ring on your finger. An honest woman. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All that good shit. All that good shit. But she didn't, because she sees that she didn't have that, and she's jealous of what you have. I'm Mm -hmm. just speaking in hypothetical terms, of course. My mom was a married woman. (laughs) (laughs) But because, you know, she's she's jealous. I get what you mean, yeah. Yeah, you see what I'm saying to you? She's going to ruin that. Yeah. She's going to spoil it. Yeah. So that's some trickle-down shit. Yeah, it's generational. Yeah, like, generational curses are not um, learned by accident. They're taught. Yeah. And so that response that she had to your daughters was because, well, nobody treated me like that. Nobody did that for us. So what makes them so special? Right. Especially, you know, given her situation with her children, her children weren't treated like that. Right. So it was By like, anyone. By anyone. So, therefore, it was, well, let me go ahead and, and stop that. Mm-hmm. At least not by their fathers anyway. Yeah. Because none of their fathers were in the picture. Red flag. None of them, bruh. <laughs> Red flag player. You feel me? She was always the victim. Nigga, you always the motherfucking victim, my nigga? Always, my nigga? Really, my nigga? I hate you so much. No, no, you're... Mm-mm, bitch. Mm-mm, no. I can't stand the stuff right okay? now. Okay? She just is simply... all filmed out right now. Right now, bitch. <laughs> right now, bitch. Okay? Like, that's a lie. That is a bold face. And because she knew I had no way of proving that lie. And at the time, I was so fucked up either from my mother's passing or... From some another, I had a lot of elders passing away that I was very close to in mm-hmm. my family. We was going to funeral after funeral after, so it was just like a lot of open 
like vessels. And you were a new mom of twins in your twenties, like yeah, I and was, you were a new single mom yeah. of twins, and that was a lot. Like, nigga, I might not have my wits if I have twenties, twins in my thirties, like yeah. And and some people, and being that she already had children when y'all met, three, three, it was kind of like, well, I already know what she's feeling, mm-hmm. so I can just pray on that, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um. And so it's a thing where you're going to have to get to a space where you no longer... Because what you're, you guys are hearing on here, whenever we bring this up, you're hearing Stud's remorse of, of what happened to her children. Yeah. It's, fuck her. Fuck the ex. Yeah. It's not about her. It's I, not. I had a few people reach out and be like, well, why da, 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 da. No, she's not talking about that. What she's talking about is the effect of being in that relationship and how it dramatically affected her children mm-hmm. and my relationship and her relationship with them yeah and we're talking about present day we're not talking about something then. that they did back then we're talking about this relationship was that catastrophic that her children literally suffer from it still um they suffer P- ptsd yeah and so it's something that as a family you know we have to work through as wife and wife we have to work through absolutely um because that relationship has made it pretty much impossible for me to have a relationship with one of her daughters yeah um and so it's something we have to we talk about because it's it's not an elephant in the room is it's a very big piece of chair and and what's crazy is is that and i didn't know you had people reaching out to you asking like i i had a few people reach out and ask what why do we talk about your ex oh uh because when my wife and i have these kind of conversations it's a form of therapy for both of us. Yeah. She begins, she gains a better understanding of me with each conversation. Yeah. And I can trust her more, more and more with a little bit more each time we have these conversations. That's the reason why we continue. And, and the fact that my my wife is the kind of woman who is comfortable mm-hmm. because she knows that it's good for me. Mm-hmm. Even though she... Don't get me wrong. My wife don't want to hear this shit. <laughs> I know who I'm married to. But if it makes you healthier. Say it. I just want you to say if it. If it makes you healthier. Come, come through, because baby. Because it, it, here's the thing. It's going to come out in one or two ways. That's a selfless love. It's going to come out either verbally or it's going to come out in her actions. Yeah. In a very nonverbal but nonproductive way for our relationship. Yeah. So either she's going to behave out in a way that's not conducive mm-hmm. to us being a union. Mm-hmm. Or we can talk it out like adults. Mm-hmm. We can figure out, you know, what's going on because what she deals. I understand a lot of what she's dealing with is frustration. Yeah, because and, I can't, and, and a lot, a lot I of can't take it back. Yeah, it's a lot of regret. And so, as her wife, for better or for worse, come through, baby, come through. It's my job. I rather her counseled with me than yeah. counsel with somebody else. So, woo! I got a winner on my hands. You motherfuckers don't know. I want you to. I want y'all to listen. That's a good woman right there. That is the kind of woman who sometimes I think she loves me more than she loves herself sometimes. And some of y'all, that's some to some women out there, what I just said is some weak shit. Y'all gonna oh she's no, she's not weak. It takes a strong woman and a good woman and a good person to be able to say, you know what, baby, let's talk about it. It don't make a difference how many times the conversation comes up. My wife is always patient with me. Mm-hmm. Always. And she openly expresses to me, baby, this is what this was. Mm-hmm. This is what this is. This is what this, that, this. Mm-hmm. This is what you were suffering from. This is what you were going through. This is why the, the girls go through. This is why they don't. Tr-. She 
she literally talks with me and not at me. Mm-hmm. And if for those individuals who want to who hit her up or hit her in her DMs or in our DMs or whatever and ask, why do y'all continue to talk about my ex? You know what? If you're the type of person that you can't, you don't love your spouse enough to counsel them or be there for them or help them have a conversation, even if you just listen to them. Yeah. Talk about the trauma that they went through in their past. You need to question yourself as that person's spouse and partner because you don't have their fucking best interest at right. heart. You don't have their mental health yeah. at heart. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Or what's best for your relationship. Right. Because she can have a conversation with me about her. I don't get angry about it. Right. And that's what that's what a relationship is a relationship. She listens to me have meltdowns about something that happened to me at five. Yeah. She was a grown ass woman at that time. <laughs> she she don't she has no idea what I'm talking. And sometimes my trauma may not make sense to her. Nigga, I was eighteen when you was five. Maybe. Were you were you able to vote? Okay, I was grown. Okay. I mean I was legal. I was a legal adult. Okay. <laughs> if some of y'all don't know, if y'all tuning in, I'm thirteen years older than the lady. And in nineteen eighty five when she was born, I was a freshman in high school. So was my brother. Oh my god. And then in nineteen ninety when she was five years old, I was eighteen graduating from high school, heading into life. So I was started that- first grade. Shut up. Okay, so what you were saying was um, she deals with my traumas, my childhood traumas, and so she had a life prior to me. You know, that 13-year age gap, mm-hmm. she lived, you know? It's a lot of shit it's that happened. It's a lot happened. of life that happened. <laughs> um, and, and so, for better or for worse doesn't mean as long as it's beneficial to you. Uh, what? Say it again for the people in the back. For better or for worse does not mean when it's beneficial to you. Girl. Um, as Like I said, I'd rather her talk to me than talk to another woman about yeah. it. You know, and the, another woman can be a counselor. She can talk to that person, but, you know, she needs to get it out. Mm-hmm. It's healthy to get it out. It's mm-hmm. healthy to talk about. I'm not intimidated by a ghost. Yeah. I'm not, like, at all. I'm, yeah. I don't feel any threat by this woman. Yeah. Um. And you don't, you don't have any reason to. Yeah, I see. I see the back. I deal with the backlash from her. I deal. You know, I I had to help repair. Yeah. And bring her and back rebuild. to life and rebuild and and really trying to figure out how to get her daughters to accept me because of what they went through with her. Yeah. And that's very hard. Like if I could punch the bitch in the face, I would. And I and I be and you know what I'm. I'm an advocate for that. I'm, I'm, your, I'm your motherfucking Because, cheerleader. you know, it, 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 I had moments where I was really angry at her. And I knew it through my... Because this was even before my wife got to certain points. I was really angry because I saw the backlash. And I was just like, this bitch walking around this motherfucker like she ain't did shit. Yeah. I just wanted to take a whole like she's the motherfucking victim. pie. She's the victim. And throw it in her face. I wanted it to be hot. Mm-hmm. So a burner. But I did it. Third it's... degree pie burns, my nigga. <laughs> but I sat here. And whenever the conversation comes up, my wife feels the need to, you know, count, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy that she trusts me enough to seek counsel in me. Yeah. There are some people who are married and they don't trust their spouse enough to have that conversation. They can't have that. It's not even about trust. It's about fear. Yeah. Like, I can't have this kind of conversation with my wife. Listen, your wife is supposed to be the person, mm-hmm. the only person mm-hmm. that you're supposed to be able to have these kind of conversations yeah. with and about. No, it's not supposed to be someone outside of y'all because what you're doing there is opening the door yeah that's how cheating begins when you yeah. have con- it begins with conversations it does it does because now you feel trust you feel safe with somebody you can else. trust somebody else with some of your deepest darkest yeah. shit more so than you can the person that you laying next to at night yeah question that shit yeah that shit is real so nigga, now I was your wife flash 
And now I'm having a chill. God damn. Yeah. Like, so now your wife over here having a meltdown at 2 in the morning. She's not talking to you. She's she, talking to the other person. Yeah, she's talking to some other bitch. You know, because she doesn't. And so now that bond is forming. Mm-hmm. A bond that's supposed to be between y'all Just two. Just y'all two. It's something intimate. that like It's things that I tell her about my childhood, um, my ex-fiance, that I would never tell another person. That's That's between me and my wife. Yeah. That's intimate. Yeah. That's intimate detail. There are things, the things I know about her and her past relationship are intimate details. Only my wife knows. Unless I've expressed it to a counselor. You know, you understand what I'm saying to you? Like, you're the only person that I can trust. And that's because I can trust certain things with because there's no judgment. Mm -hmm. There's no hate. There's no, you don't feel betrayed. Right. You don't feel like. Oh, well, you must have really loved that bitch. You, um, that's not the vibe that we give one no. another. I don't give her that. But, well, you must have, since you want to be with that, you know, you you still suffering from it. Go be with that motherfucking work. That she, that's not the relationship that we're in. No. We're not. We're not in that mental headspace. No. And I'll be honest with them. I'm getting ready to call some of you motherfuckers out. Femme, studs, straight, gay, lesbian, queer, transgender, transcredit, whatever the fuck you call yourself. <laughs> Translender. Translender, bitches, whatever the case may be. I'm if you're in a relationship with somebody and you you can't trust that person with your deepest, darkest secrets, but you trusted them with your last name, there's a problem. You gave that person your last name. You put a ring on that person's finger. You stood in front of God and your family and friends. Or you could have got married in front of Elvis. I don't know who the fuck it was. But you made a commitment to love that person for the rest of their lives. And ask that other person to do the same for you. But you have to sneak and have a conversation. A private, deep, a private emotional conversation with somebody else other than the person you devote your life to every day. Questioning. Yeah. There's something wrong there. Trauma is nothing more than an emotional injury. So I look at it as nothing more than if my wife had a broken leg before she met me. Mm. And she still needs to tend to it. It's still not right. Sometimes you know? it causes me pain. Sometimes it causes her pain. Sometimes it flares up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that rain brings that arthritis in it. Oh, Arthur come knocking. You know, and so <laughs> that's all trauma is. It's just an emotional injury. You just don't see it. Yeah. But I rather, but my wife looks so relaxed now, mm-hmm. you know. She doesn't carry that stress in her chest. She doesn't carry that anxiety. She doesn't carry that rage to where she could really see this woman want to rip her fucking head off her yeah. shoulders because that's where it was mm-hmm. at one point. Mm-hmm. Now she's so cool, calm, and collected. You know, she talks about it. She gets it out. It's not affecting her daily. You know, she's dealing with the aftermath. Yeah. But the person itself is not the problem. It's the effects and the aftermath. Yeah. Um. So that's all. You know? I, I I almost feel like, you know, even though I know I just said that, I, I couldn't be in a stadium with that motherfucker. But at the same time, and this is the Gemini in me, y'all call it what, what y'all want to, there's another part of me that's like, you know what? If I did see that motherfucker to this very day, mm-hmm. by accident, because that's the only way it would happen, mm-hmm. um, I'd be like, you know what? I am so fortunate mm-hmm. <laughs> to not be with your motherfucking ass no more. Well, you saw her up until last year. No, I didn't. No, it was like August, wasn't it? it was, or the year before. It might have been the year before. Yeah, because no, you I was, know. We've been, we've been together for five years. Yeah, but you were still going to take what's wrong to school. Oh, booby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you were still seeing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. But I wasn't, at the, I wasn't in the realization that I am now. Yeah. Even in the past, in the past two years, so much has transcended. Like our conversations between each other have become so mm-hmm. deep. 
like you've allowed me to express some some hurt and some pain and some anger and some frustration that I can't have I can't talk to anyone else about mm -hmm. and so that brings out clarity mm -hmm. and I have realizations now about what she did mm -hmm. how she was calculating and manipulative and narcissistic and she was jealous and it was it was she was not just jealous of my children but she was jealous of me too mm -hmm. of my success that benefited our family Mm -hmm. She was jealous of that. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying to you? Mm -hmm. uh, to the point where she took credit away from me and put it on herself for things that she never did. Mm -hmm. You feel me? Like, our conversations have opened up for me. The It's healed me. I'm glad I could thank you. You were a crucial part of that. Big time. Big time. And I love you so much for that. Mm -hmm. I do. I love you. I love you in a place that I never thought I could love somebody. God damn it, I'm just saying, like I do, like le legitimately. Hold on, I do. Really quick, we gotta pay a quick bill. All right, I'm still gonna be mushy though. I know you're still gonna be mushy. All right, and we're back. Yeah. So, <clears throat> to say the least, like when I think back over these past two years, how we've grown as a couple, mm -hmm. and we took our relationship from, you know, seeing one another. I would be like, "This is my girl." Mm -hmm. this my babe mm -hmm. to this my wife mm -hmm. like you taking too long with the name change and shit <laughs> I'm impatient I'm impatient god damn it like and it's for good reason I know why she has to hold off on doing it it's a big part of it is the travel shit yeah, you know what I'm saying she can't so. put her travel her travel plans are already paid for so I understand that, but we also have the understanding too. Like once you're done with that traveling shit, well, I'm getting it done in June. In June, because my ID expires anyway. But I mean, the ID, yeah, but the passport you gotta but wait. I'm just, I'm just gonna fly with my passport regular till that expires. Okay. And then get, but my state ID and everything, my social security card is gonna switch over. Yeah, we gotta do something. We yeah. got. I've been patient. You have. We got married December seventeenth. I I was there. Twenty eighteen. I was there. I know. I saw. I you. wore a plum dress. I'm looking cute and juicy and look like I was a little great. Too juicy. Okay. Yeah. You, know, you was not looking like too juicy. From, um, <laughs> the Willy Wonka. And Don't you? You did not look like Violet. I look like Violet. <laughs> you did not. You did not. You were beautiful. You still are. I, I think about like I look at our picture from our wedding day all the time. We look like Mom Pa Kettle. Dead ass. We do. I okay. can't wait till we take our post engagement. Right. I we mean, found a perfect location. We did. Mm -hmm. my, by accident, we yeah. kind of found it, came up on it. And my wife, absolutely, she's a photographer too. She fell in love with that shit. But our. I know post, they're like, what does she not do? Exactly. She's a, <laughs> she is a master, a jack of all trades, and, and a master of many of those trades. Okay. <laughs> um, but like we, our post wedding pictures are going to be awesome. Yes. Yes, because we got married on December 17th. Mm -hmm. We we have not had our wedding day yet. Not yet. That's coming up February 2nd mm -hmm. of 2020. That's a, there's a there's a difference. There's yeah. a difference there, but like that's what your wife is supposed to be, your spouse. You know, that person that you can really give the rest of your life to. They're supposed to be your your safe space, your Absolute. sanctuary. Come on, man. Um, I on. go to my wife when I don't go to my mom. You know, I don't go to my mom for I go to my mom for some stuff. But my wife, I go to for everything. Mm -hmm. um, and my wife protects me. You protect me. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's I love doing it. Yeah. But when I say you protect me, not only do you protect me, but you taught me how to protect me too. Mm -hmm. And that you can't just, you can't buy that shit. It ain't enough Jordans out here for that money. <laughs> Gold chains, new cars, whips, big houses. 
that's something that you give to somebody who you really love. Like, I'm going to teach you how to protect yourself from the shit that really be out here trying to attack you spiritually. Like, it, it it's really real. Mm -hmm. That shit is so real. And, like, it'll fuck up your whole life yeah. if you are not prepared or positioned mm -hmm. to either get away from it when you see it or if it comes up to you and it tries to offer you something that's too fucking good to be true, mm -hmm. when it knows you got a whole situation over here, if it comes over here and tries to prey on your weakness, if you're not spiritually sound enough. Mm -hmm. Or you ain't got enough spiritual muscle. Come on, to reject that shit mm -hmm. and be like, no, nah, I'm good. Mm -hmm. I'm going home to my wife. Nope. I love my wife. Nope. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I have absolutely no interest whatsoever. What's so fucking ever? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, or to be able to hurt that motherfucking's feelings, mm -hmm. whoever it is. It, it don't even have to be somebody that's romantic or sexual that's trying to penetrate your marriage. It could be just somebody who sees who sees you as somebody who has it really good. Yeah. You could be somebody who your life is on track, your career's going well, mm -hmm. your kids love you, yo, you done leveled up. You know, you healthy and shit. You drinking water. You know what I'm saying? Your skin done cleared up. Your hair done grew out and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you living your best life. And that, that somebody sees that happening to you and they're jealous of you and they're going to play you like a fucking fool. Yeah. If you are not spiritually sound or spiritually strong enough to protect, to, to see it, to know that that's, that's what's happening yeah. and to be able to get away from it, you're going to be fucked up. Yeah. You're going to be just prepare to be fucked for the fucked up itness because mm -hmm. it's getting ready to happen to your ass. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Yeah. Dead ass. I should have been single. Yeah. For a long time. Yeah. I, I should have been, I should have been single for a long time. Coming out of what I was coming yeah, out of. You needed to. I should have been just by myself. It should have just been me and my girls. For a little while. Yeah. And, and if I were, were really in a good place, which it was hard to be because I was 27 when my mama passed with twins mm -hmm. to raise on my own technically mm -hmm. to a certain extent their father was ever present in their life but he was he was but he wasn't um i really should have just packed us up and left mm -hmm. honestly um but my father was still alive mm -hmm. and his health had been taking a turn for the worse um my father passed away of parkinson's and alzheimer's mm -hmm. and so nine years later my father passed away my girls were like 13. Mm -hmm. I was so deep in that relationship, like, you know, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. But I thank God for where I am right now. Mm -hmm. I do. I thank my wife. I thank God. I thank even that experience because it made me who I am. It made me the good, the good woman, good spouse, good partner that I am today to my wife because I, I'm that much devoted and that much more committed and loving and hardworking and trustworthy because it taught me that I'm, I'm a really good spouse. Yeah. That's what that that's one of the things that it taught me that I'm a really good spouse. That I I know how to be faithful and committed in a relationship. Mm -hmm. I know how to be uh somebody that my wife can lean on. Mm -hmm. And I know how to take care of her. Mm -hmm. Which you have done an excellent job at. I try, I love doing it. It's hard to be bad at something that you love doing. Right? <laughs> right. It's hard it's hard to be shitty at it. Right. You know, but I, because I love doing it, like I don't like it when you get sick. I'm a, I'm gonna be honest, I don't it it doesn't necessarily scare me. It just upsets me because you don't deserve to be sick. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe a cold here and there. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Maybe your allergies act up every once. But you don't deserve what's been put on you physically. Mm -hmm. And so 
I take our vows very seriously mm-hmm. and my commitment to you very seriously. And I refuse to let anything penetrate that mm-hmm. or break it. Because I didn't, I didn't sign up for it to offer some bullshit. Mm-hmm. I didn't sign up for it for show. Mm-hmm. I did it because you are it for me. Truly, you are. They they done broke the mold with your ass. Now they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen. God knew what I needed. He's because I was praying. I told you this before. I was praying for wealth and prosperity. I remember. Yeah, heavy. I was praying heavy. You know what I'm saying? I was putting some shit out there into the universe. You know, what I'm, I was getting ready to sign a deal with the devil, and the Lord was like, "Nah, we're not gonna do that. You done, you done signed a deal with the devil before, and it didn't work out in your favor. So now we're gonna do it my way, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna send you some protection. The wealth and prosperity is gonna come. But even if here's what's crazy. Here's the revelation. Sorry if I'm talking a lot. That's okay. But that shit just hit me. Here's the revelation. You need to get this off today. No, let, it, let it go. Okay. Let it go. Let it go. Here's the thing. Even if God had given me the wealth and prosperity, which he had to a certain extent, like he gave me a taste of it. Yeah. I was not protected, so I lost it. Right. I was not protected, and so I lost it. Mm-hmm. So even though I was praying still for God, just trust me one more time with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That person's out of my life. I'm thinking I'm in a better space. Right. And really... I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't in a better space mentally and emotionally. Physically, I was in a better space because mm-hmm. I was away from that person and that relationship and out of that situation, right? But mentally and emotionally, I was not. Mm-hmm. He got was like, no, nah, you're not, you're not understanding, Kelly. You're not, <laughs> you're not ready for that. So I can't give you that yet. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure you are protected mm-hmm. before I bring that back into your life. And I have to make sure that the person that I bring into your life is going to value it as much as you do and protect it as much as you are. Mm-hmm. And that honestly, babe, is you because you are serious about your coins. I am. My baby does not play games when it comes to motherfucking money. I do not. She does not. Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. She's more than just a hustler. She works hard. She doesn't have regular nigga jobs. I do. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, she's a creative genius. But because she does work so hard to create the things in the in the in the the different you know situations and circumstances and opportunities mm-hmm. that you do, mm-hmm. you're protective over that because you know the value in it. Yeah, I know the work I put into it. And you had to teach me that. Yeah, you were the example of that for me. You feel me? Yeah. Like, it's a good feeling mm-hmm. to know now, and to have somebody in my life as a walking living example that I can come home to every day and wrap my arms around and tell I love every day and you know when you're sick and you don't feel good I'm definitely gonna take care of you you know if ands or buts mm-hmm. or and and when I know that I'm not feeling well like this past week I had a really bad experience with my insulin and uh, my doctor giving me some samples finally uh, <laughs> to bring my numbers <laughs> back down and get them back leveled out and I think Tuesday night I had taken my insulin before we went to bed yeah and then I also took my metformin yeah um, but then when I woke up the next day, some, I just wasn't feeling that good, yeah. you know? And uh, I took Callie out for her walk. I still wasn't feeling good. And coming back up them steps, because we've climbed three flights of steps when we go to our apartment, like, it almost fucking took me out. I was straight up winded. Mm-hmm. And I, then I got nauseous, and then my chest started to hurt. And then certain things started to happen, and my wife was asleep because I get up so early to leave for work so I can get there early. Like, mm-hmm. I, I normally try to get to work an hour early because that's a part of my OT. Um, 
I kissed my wife. I didn't tell her how I was feeling. I didn't tell her I didn't. I wasn't feeling good. Because uh, I knew what she was going to do. Babe, let's go to the ER. You know, let's just take a quick trip to an urgent care. You know, mm -hmm. they can do some x-rays. I just want to make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to miss out on work. Because mm -hmm. I know the things that we have coming up. And how important me working as much overtime is. Um, and I put that before my health. And even before my wife concerns, which I shouldn't have done. And I'm sorry about that, babe. I apologize. Thank you. Um, my wife got so shitty with me because I was at work. And I told her, I said, babe, I just did not feel good today. Like, I felt like... She, and then I told her my symptoms were wrong. And this, if this nigga could have snapped on me, she would have. Like, but I was at work. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> Thank God I was at work. You know what I'm saying? She cussed me out. Like, quietly in text. Oh, I'm glad you got that. Yeah, I did. I, I got that vibe. I got that vibe from you through text. But, like, she was real. She was like, you know, you wouldn't want me to do that to you. She put me on. She called me on my shit. And she's right. I wouldn't. Because I am so concerned. And I'm upfront about her health, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it was it was bad. It was real bad. But I love you. And I'm, and I'm grateful for you. And I'm grateful for our friendship. And I'm grateful for the maturity in this mm -hmm. relationship that we experience. We grow together a we lot. We do, we do. We do, we grow. And we call each other out on each other's shit. We do. We stay in front of Man. Center and be like, well, let's go at it. We, we in front. We, we do this dance. Let's go, baby. Let's go, nigga. I got okay. my shoes. <laughs> okay, okay. We straight up call each other out on shit. Like, so basically what you're telling me is when you did this, this, A, B, C, and D, you wasn't trying to do E, F, and we be like. Love is more than the pretty shit. shit. You know, love is, <laughs> is loving somebody enough to call them out on their fuckery. Mm -hmm. Love is calling them out on their shenanigans. Mm -hmm. Love is being able to check yourself. Um, a lot of times me and my wife get into it. Now she notices I get quiet. Um, and I get quiet because I'm checking myself to make sure it's not my ego. Yeah. Um, to make sure it's not my insecurities. It's mm -hmm. not my trauma. And to make sure I have a legitimate reason for being shitty at her. Yeah. And if I don't have one, then okay, let me chill out. I take that chip off my shoulder. Yeah. Because that motherfucker will be there loud and proud. Mm -hmm. That chip will be sitting up on here like, we got to deal with this motherfucking shit. Mm -hmm. Okay? But you right and she wrong. Fuck that nigga. Mm -hmm. I take that chip off my because that's not love. Right. And that's not respecting you as my wife the way you deserve right. to be respected. Mm -hmm. So, like, my wife always tells me, your shoulder drop. Your shoulders drop. Mm -hmm. You let your pride down. And that's when she'll come over and give me a hug. And she'll tell me, even though I'll still be angry, mm -hmm. I'll still be, she she hugs it out of me. I don't, it's, I do. it's kind of fucked up because she's yeah. so little, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And I'm like a gummy bear. <laughs> <laughs> you taste good too. But um, <laughs> it's crazy how much we've grown. And I, I look forward to all the good things um, that we have to come, like all the growing that we have to do. Me too. In our relationship. We have grown future. really good. Yeah. And know? I like you. I like you too. It's a lot of people in relationships that can't be, they can't say that shit. I see that shit all the time when I be in these little fucked up little gay groups. They don't like, like the person that they with. Why did you even marry this motherfucker? Like you can love a lot of motherfuckers you out just here. just fucked them. Yeah. Just been done. And just been like bad buddies and shit or whatever, booty buddies For, or whatever. Clearly y'all don't like each other. You don't, how you not like the motherfucker you married to? They live a miserable ass life. Damn. Yeah. Like I can't. Okay, that's a waste of time and it energy. Is. And you know what? That's blocking you from the blessing of love you're supposed to get. Yes. You know? Yes. When you accept less than, when you lower your own standard, when you don't honor your self-honor, you are blocking yourself from receiving the love that was made for we you. We talked about that self-honor shit. We did. We that's did. just real. We did. That's going to be the word every single motherfucking time. Self 
honor. We need some shirts. That How say have you honored yourself this come on, week? Come on. Have you let yourself down? Mm-hmm. Some of y'all need me to be your spiritual counselor right now. <laughs> but on that note, you guys, we are about to wrap it up. I got to earn my clothes for work tomorrow. And I just kind of want to get into bed at this point. I did not smoke. This was a sober podcast. I know, right? We haven't had no alcohol. We ain't smoking we ain't weed. Smoke. Now nah, I'm going to smoke when we get off. Okay, come come through. After I iron my clothes and I take a shower and get in bed with my wife. I, had, I made bomb ass spaghetti tonight. I know. You didn't Fire. try it. But I'm packing some for work tomorrow. Bomb. You should try a I know, and I love your spaghetti. You should try a spoonful before you put it up. Damn, babe. I'm just saying. Okay. But uh, we finally will begin our GoPro in the next week, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, look forward to that YouTube channel. And you guys have until June 15th. We up the deposit date for Cartagena, Columbia. Yeah. So you have until June 15th to get your reservation in. If you would like to reserve your spot, next podcast we're going to talk about only travel. Right. So, I'm going to go through some of my favorite places, some of the favorite things I've done, um, kind of get you guys a little more comfortable, I guess, mm-hmm. with, you know, my travel be, expertise. Uh, we we doing a damn thing from Italy. Oh, yeah. we When I tell y'all we're going to stunt, I, I hate to say I'm going to stunt on y'all, <laughs> but we going to motherfucking stunt on y'all. This, okay. <laughs> I love my wife. This is what we're going to do. This is what <laughs> my baby's crazy. This is what we're going to do. Like, uh, we, we, we know that many of you are, are hesitant about signing up for the trip to Cartagena, Colombia, because y'all don't know us, right. and y'all don't know like the kind of t- trips that we plan or my wife plans, and you know the places that we go. Like she is a a five star planner, but at one star prices or maybe two star prices. But we gon' we gonna talk to y'all about it. We are gonna take pictures. We are gonna post them on the Instagram page and the Facebook page. Yeah. Okay, we are gonna do that, and I think we have a Twitter though as well. Yeah, don't we? we have a Twitter, and we're gonna have we have a YouTube. Yeah, and so the videos are gonna be the full videos will be on the YouTube. Mm-hmm. The snippets will be on our Instagram page. And what we're gonna be giving you guys is an example of a taste of how my babe plans our tri- these trips mm-hmm. because she is. I'm, I'm I've been with her for five years, and I'm still fucking amazed. And I'm gonna post up the pictures of Morocco, the accommodation for Morocco. Man. That shit's so dope. Listen, and y'all thinking, man, she had to pay out her ass. Listen, listen, my wife is the kind of woman, when she started traveling, I know we getting ready, we getting ready to cut out, but let me just quickly say, when she started traveling, she did it for therapy. I did. For herself. <laughs> for myself. But she don't, she's not the kind of woman that want to sleep in a fucking slum. Like when she travels, she wanna she wanna live good when she travels. My vagina, my vagina don't sleep well on on sheets that itch. Okay, no, that ain't no good look. I got my vagina I, too good for that. I shit. can't be eat, eating itchy vagina either, and that ain't <laughs> definitely ain't gonna work out, nigga. You get rashes in wrong places. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying, to y'all, is is that she straight up these accommodations, man, be killer. And then the tours, we have so much fucking fun on the tours. And then you know we, but at the same time, we around the locals. Yeah, I'm she all give, about cultural immersion. Yeah, so, like yeah. you give us the experience of both. Yeah. And I and I didn't start traveling internationally until my wife encouraged me to get my passport. She was like, how old are you, nigga? You ain't got your passport. I was like, I don't know how to travel internationally. So I never went anywhere internationally. Mm-hmm. But my wife, you know, encouraged me to get my passport. I got that motherfucker. She was like, we can ready to go on a fucking trip. And she wasn't joking. At all. And I went on my first trip with her, and I had so much fucking fun. We gonna figure out Morocco. Listen, y'all gotta get out of that fucking box, bro. That the world wants you... Don't go outside of your neighborhood. Don't go outside of your city. Don't go outside of your country. Fuck that shit. 
Fuck that shit. Because we see white people do it all the motherfucking time. Mm-hmm. All the... And I'm not saying that because white people do it, we got to do it. What I'm saying is if they can do it, we can do it. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. If other cultures can do it, we absolutely positively can yeah. do it. Black women can do it. Black men can do right. it. And this trip isn't just... In, it's not just for gay couples. Yeah. If you and your best friend want to go and y'all can sleep in the same bed, come through. If you and your cousin want to go and y'all can sleep in the same bed, come through. Or the same room because we can get separate beds yeah. in one room. Come, yeah. come through. You know what I'm saying? If you and your wife want to go or you and your husband want to go or what, what you and your sister want to go. We're have some fun. And, and just out of the country and see how other people live and experience a different culture and different food and the, the what real beaches look like. I ain't never been on a yacht, but listen. May 31st, boo. May 31st. Tell them what you did. I'm about to be, we about to be on a private yacht. Going, I don't know if y'all know what Capri looks like. That's where the cele- celebrities go. It's in the southern part of Italy. Come through, baby. Um, Come and through. I told my wife last year, I said, we're going to be on a yacht on your birthday in Italy. Yep. And I didn't even know it back then. Right. Like, like back then, I was just like, you know what? I'm going to just say it. <laughs> and I was digging for it because mm-hmm. it's really hard. Like, where we're going is, is an expensive part of Italy mm-hmm. um, because it's a tourist that, you know, it's where the celebs party at. Yeah. And we lucked up and we found a private fucking yacht for like an eight and a half hour ride mm-hmm. all day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be so brown, y'all, when I get back to this motherfucker. With <laughs> snacks and liquor. And they just sell the island. They sell, you know, the Amalfi Coast. And they take you to all these different Italian islands. Yeah. And I was just like, I ain't never did no shit like that. Well, we doing it on that day. That's what you work for. Bow, That's bow. what you go work OT for. Yeah. That's what you break your back for. Yeah. That's what you you save and save for. You save to have experiences, not to have things. Yeah. You know, not sh- you're not shitting on things, but your focus shouldn't just be on what all can I accumulate. It should also be what memories can I make. Absolutely. Because when we out this motherfucker, we out. That's it. And that's what my philosophy became. You know, when I'm done, I ain't gonna regret shit. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be like, you know, I live my best life. I fell in love. Mm. I had some beautiful yes. babies. Yes. I traveled the world. Yes. Made I some healed points. some black women. Come on. And I'm ready for the next assignment. Come on. So on that note. There it is. And, and listen, y'all, y'all have a blessed week. Y'all have a great week. Be productive. Give your body some water. Okay. Take a bath, not a wash up. You know what I'm saying? Hit <laughs> that shower with the hot water and the soap together. Okay. All right, and do something good. Do something selfless for somebody. You know what I'm saying? If you in the line at McDonald's and drive-thru, pay for that person behind you and watch how it changes their whole motherfucking expression. It could be they just getting a motherfucking coffee or or whatever the case may be, but do something good for somebody Mm -hmm. else this week. Make it your personal mission that you're going to do a selfless act this week and watch how it it, it may change the course of your life for the better. You don't know it. Maybe we'll do a get a giveaway for Italy. Maybe we'll find like a couple. We'll like bring something back for them and give them. Yeah. Maybe we'll bring, would... well, since we're doing the winery, maybe we'll send them a bottle of wine from oh, Italy. We might be able to find some really cool gay shit. Maybe to give away. I know. What we'll talk about Brazil next time because I was about to say we ain't going to Brazil because that president is fucking crazy. He doesn't want gay tourism over there anymore. Oh no. Saying like, oh, we have families over here. So, bitch. We got families over here. Anyway, that's for Wednesday's podcast. It's all good. You guys be safe. We love you, and we are out. Deuces, y'all.